Much like Earth's magical elements, such as water that nourishes yet drowns, fire that warms yet burns our flesh until it is ashes, winds that caress our skin yet uproots us all to fly, fly, fly away. Silence also has positive and negative effects. Many of those infected with the ill, people-pleasing disease were infected by the inhaling of the limiting belief that if they don't have anything nice to say, they should not speak up at all. Nice for what I say. Nice is selective and relative to the individual who is on the receiving end. Saying something nice all the time, especially by someone else's definition of nice, is impossible. This warped mindset has taught generation after generation to misuse and abuse the beautiful gift of silence. Silence is not a manipulative weapon to be fired because our ego needs its power tripping tank to be filled with agreement, compliance, accolades, or submission. Silence is the soundtrack to our heartbeats, the soundtrack to our thoughts, and the direct plug into Earth's waves. Unweaponized silence ushers in and enhances peace. Today, beautiful souls, we say no to allowing the limiting belief that speaking only when having something nice to say is the best and only way to communicate. Today, we set the intention from this day forward to honor silence as the gift it is and give it the healthy respect it deserves. Are you ready for the latest episode of I Said No, the podcast? Let's go. Beautiful soul unicorns. No, 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 no. Nope. It's Stephanie, the life architect. Oh, hell no. How about no? No, 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 no. Hell no. Hashtag ISN pod. After every run through, there's a meeting with, you know, at least 50 people, all of the department heads. Not only does Derek have to record the flyer, he has to record the rumble of the structure, the stumps. He has to record everybody's, hey, and that adds another element of the performance that feels so good on the stage and it's not translating on film. Until I see some of my notes survive, it doesn't make sense for me to make more. And it doesn't matter how many months we've done it, how many times we've done it, there are notes every time because there's always something that we can approve upon. Just standing up there and seeing all the beauty up there and feeling it it's the only way I can articulate why I'm frustrated because it's not translating on camera. So my goal is simply that, like, it's just so everyone out there can feel what we feel. And I really have to have dedicated people that are down for the cause. Whatever it is, let us know and we can prioritize and try to facilitate everybody's needs so we can be done with having to talk so much. <coughs> where I am. It, it, we're, ha we're halfway there. We just gotta make progress faster because we're running out of time. Thank you, everybody. Thank y'all. I know everybody's working hard, so we'll get there. Beautiful, melanated, and non-melanated souls. Welcome to another episode of I Said No, the podcast. Say that hashtag with me. What is it? What? Hashtag ISN pod. Welcome, welcome, welcome home. Welcome to my inspired place. Why am I inspired, you ask? You heard at the beginning of this episode, homecoming, homecoming, Beychella 2.0, Beychella 2.0 hit our screens recently and I have not been the same ever since. Oh no, oh no, 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 no. I have been lifted, honey. I have been lifted up. I have been lifted up from the earth yet again. She did it again. She did it again. And I will not tolerate any debate on stating that Beyonce is the greatest living entertainer of our time. What she was able to do with her year anniversary of Beychella from last year's Coachella's takedown, because I can't even call it a performance, can I? I mean, last year's takedown, shakedown, rub down, okay? She tore that stage in half for two hours, two nights in a row, and shut it down as if it has never been shut before, ripped it into shreds, okay? One year later, she gave us a film 
about the performance, about the behind the scenes, what it takes, how it looks, the details, every bit, every nuance that it takes for her to be as great as she is. She gave us a little sneak peek into that. And I was so moved. I cried, y'all. I cried. I cried a few times watching the documentary, not only her speaking and letting us in a little bit, but also on the performances that I had seen already because it's just powerful. When you witness excellence, when you're able to inhale excellence, when you're able to digest excellence, when you're able to be in the presence of excellence, you can't help but be moved and shaken to your core. And honey, when I say shake it, I am shooketh. I am shooketh to action. I have been re-watching it over and over again. I think I'm on my seventh time. And every time I watch it, I, I see or hear something or feel something, feel something new. I actually watched it on mute as well as watching it with the sound. And I always tell you guys about nonverbal cues and us creatives that uh, speak to people. And whether it's whether we speak to people live on stage or whether we're speaking to people on our phones or computers, YouTube or whatever, virtually, we need to understand the value in nonverbal cues. And we need to adapt to all kinds of learners and observers and understand that everybody doesn't listen. They're not auditory learners. Some people are visual only. And it's not just about what we say. It's what we say without the words. And what she did on that stage, as far as costumes were concerned, dancing, lighting, makeup, hair, all of these things are a factor. All of these things are a factor when you're, when you're, you're executing your vision of excellence. It is popping outside of New York. See, I'm talking about Beyonce and the sirens are going crazy. I don't know if you can hear it, but they're getting closer and closer. That means something's on fire or somebody's in trouble or somebody has an emergency. So either way, we're going to pause and hope that everybody is okay. Um, that everybody who needs the assistance of those sirens are not in too much danger and trouble and that God sends his comforting hand to those people who are in need and who will be in need after the sirens pass us by. Let us do that. It's okay. It's okay for us to pause and think of other people. It's okay for us to pause our regularly scheduled program and allow the universe to have its way. So with that said, Let's go back into Bay. When we are on display, it's important that we understand that people absorb us in different ways. And I think out of everyone who is out right now and has been out for the last decade plus, I think she really understands that concept. She really grasps the fact that it's not just about her voice, though she's a singer. And it's not just about her body, though she's a sex symbol. It is about inhaling her in every way, in every learning style, with every vessel of our being. And I took that out of, along with many lessons away from homecoming, but it's so important to control your narrative. And she is one of the goats in controlling your narrative. And some people might say, oh, you know, it's too robotic and it's not genuine, but I do think it's genuine. I do think it's a form of transparency to say, this is how I want you to see this part of me. I'm an entertainer and I want to entertain you. Um, but I want to entertain you when, where you feel like you understand me, whether you're blind, whether you're deaf, whether you have a learning disability, whether you don't want to, um, absorb me through sound, whether you want to absorb me through sight. I, I think it's important for us creatives to understand that there is more than one way to get our message across, even if the message is song. Even if the message is song, I think it's extremely important to know that someone is listening, watching, smelling, okay? Someone is literally just here for the costumes. Someone is just here for the hair and makeup. Someone is just here for the song. Whatever it is, she had all bases covered. And I was moved, moved, M-O-V-E-D, moved. I was moved, moved, moved. And to find out I think I tweeted something to the fact of if Beyonce rehearsed for eight months for a two hour show, what makes you think I should be listening to your unprepared podcast, reading your unresearched blog or buying your lack, lack, lackluster products or services? I'm not perfect, but I'm damn sure trying to evolve. Listen, <sighs> one of the other components that I took away from homecoming was to be a student of your craft and make sure that you take your craft 
so seriously that you ultimately give literally your best. And what happens is we underestimate our best. I know I do. And a lot of us, myself included, are not really giving our best to our crafts. A lot of us, you know, just press play or we show up or we sing our song or we do our dance or we draw our our art. And, you know, it's good, but it could be better. And we could take the time to learn different ways to enhance our delivery of our craft. And to watch this woman in physical, physical pain, to watch her have three different sound stages, one for art, one for dance, one for audio, to watch her try to be a wife, try to be a mom, try to be a daughter, but also be committed to every, every single detail from the beading to the fabric of the dancers clothes to selecting the dancers to the material on the stage to the lighting to the, I am just blown away. If you haven't watched Homecoming, please do yourself a favor, whether you're a Beyonce fan or not, watch it because I don't believe you have to be a fan of somebody to enjoy excellence. There are many people that I don't like their uh, aesthetic, but I give props where props is due. There are many lessons to take away here. Creatives, people, beings, it doesn't, you don't have to be an artist. You know, you don't have to be someone who is on this virtual train that I'm on, that many of us, many of you who are listening on are on with me. You don't have to be one of those people to give your best and be excellent. You can be excellent in your home at your nine to five. You can be excellent with your children. You can be an excellent husband. You can be excellent father. You can be an excellent mother. You can be an excellent wife, an excellent daughter, an excellent sibling. You can be an excellent friend. You can be excellent to yourself. You can be an excellent being. You don't have to be an artist to take the notes from Beyonce and how she executes her message, your message to your children about loving them, respecting them, and teaching them how to be uh, human beings who are greatly contributing to this world. You can focus on being excellent at that. You can focus being excellent on loving yourself. You can focus being excellent on typing the best paper you can for your school project. You can focus on just being the best version of yourself the way she did for her show. We don't always have to put on a show for other people in order to achieve or experience or tap into excellence. I challenge you to take the lessons from homecoming and apply it in various places of your life like I'm trying to do. I challenge you to see where you can level up in your life, whether it's on the professional creative side or in life period, in day-to-day life. I challenge you to see where you can really put your best foot forward. I challenge you to assess your best. I challenge you to redefine your best. I challenge you to push yourself to excellence. Before we get to excellence, of course, we have good, then we have great you know, and then we have excellent and then we have magnificent. And I think she, she crosses all boundaries. I mean, is that even, is that, no, I think she crosses all boards. Excuse me. She crosses all boards by having people respect her boundaries. That is a boss. Okay. That is a boss and a respectful boss at that. Though there were some undertones of annoyance in her voice, even with her non-verbal cues, with her hand gestures and her faces, you can tell she was annoyed, but she was authoritative And she was clear, but she was kind. She wasn't kind as far as saying, like, I have a soft voice and I'm scared and I'm laughing. There was no LOL when she was letting these people know that her vision wasn't being executed. She set her boundaries clearly. She spoke her needs clearly without trying to mask it uh, with smiles and smiley faces and emojis and LOLs, which people tend to do when they're uncomfortable because they're not used to speaking their needs and they don't want anyone to be mad. She wasn't worried about that. She wasn't worried about that because her vision was bigger than their feelings. Her vision was bigger than the need for her to be liked. Her vision was bigger than the need for her to be seen in a light where she was agreeable. Her vision was bigger than her need to conform to women holding their tongue in order to make a room full of other people, including men, feel safe. Ciao. My queen, my queen, my queen, I bow. You did it again. This this is this episode is not about Beyonce. I mean, I should have made a whole episode about it, but I'm gonna digress. 
and I'm going to get into the meat of this here show, but I had to let you know that I am motivated to action. I am motivated to action for many things that I do in many things that I do. And, um, Beyonce is a huge part of that. And I'm not ashamed to say that her excellence and her magnificence has once again inspired me. It's time for Big Pink Elephants. The big pink elephant in the room. The big pink elephant in the room. The big pink elephant in the room. The elephant is pink. The elephant is big. But you keep acting like you don't see shit. Big Pink Elephants. For all of my new listeners, the Big Pink Elephant in the Room is a segment where we discuss things that nobody wants to talk about. Oh, yes, that's right. On this show, we discuss topics that everybody knows is there, but they keep walking around and acting like it's not there. That is the Big Pink Elephant. And today's Big Pink Elephant, my love, is the silent treatment. Ooh, child. Child. Somebody fitting to get their life together and be dragged to growth, I hope. Mm -hmm. The big pink elephant in the room today is the silent treatment. Now, the reason that this is a topic today is because Denicio Shoots will be a guest on an upcoming episode, if not the very next episode of ISM Pod. And he was talking to me about something that I used to do to him when we were first married or first dating. And it reminded me how far I've come in my communication. It reminded me how much I've grown, though I still have more evolving to do. It, it really reminded me to take a step back and realize that I'm not the same person, toxic person that I used to be. And he brought up a time where I gave him the silent treatment, where I did not speak to him. For those of you who don't know what the silent treatment is, we're going to break it down here today in many ways. The silent treatment can be such a difficult pattern to break because for me, it was integrated into the fabric of my being. It is something that I was taught. It was a learned behavior. It was an agreement given to me, whether I asked for it or not, from the adults in my childhood life. And that is how they communicated with me by non-communicating. Does that make sense to anybody? If you're relating to the silent treatment, if you receive the silent treatment or you're the giver of the silent treatment, I want you in the comment section to just to just just drop a me, a, a me too. Okay, drop a me too. The silent treatment is a passive aggressive action where a person may feel bad or mad, but they do not express themselves verbally. They shut down. They do not speak. And sometimes it's intentional and sometimes it is not. I'm not sure if the adults in my life were intentionally uh, being passive aggressive or if they too were just exhibiting a learned behavior, if they too were just passing on the pain, if they too were just continuing the unhealthy patterns that they were given. I'm not sure where it came from, but rest assured, the life architect that I am now is doing her research and asking the questions that the young Stephanie, the young once damaged Stephanie, the young healing little girl inside of me would like to know. I am asking those questions because because the silent treatment did a number on me. The silent treatment made me feel unworthy. The silent treatment made me feel unvalued. The silent treatment made me angry. The silent treatment was something I feel I did not deserve. And every time I received the silent treatment, I was devastated. There was one time that I received the silent treatment for three whole months. And I'm not joking. I'm not overreacting. I'm not over. Uh, is it estimating? I'm not over anything. I got receipts and I got witnesses and, uh, it was not just me. It was my sibling as well. Hype. You know what I'm talking about. And it was three months of the silent treatment. It was three months from my parents of the silent treatment where we were on punishment. And I don't know if many people who deliver the silent treatment and use it, understand that it is a way to inflict pain without visible bruising. I'm going to say that again. I don't know if anyone listening who is on the receiving end of the silent treatment or who is on the giving end, who is the giver of the silent treatment, understands that the silent treatment is a way to inflict 
pain without visible bruising. So we are bruising. We are, we are emotionally hitting people when we are purposely silent to them. And I don't think, I really do not think that that is something that was done purposely to me as a child. I don't think it was something that was known to be an emotional manipulative, manipulative tool. I really do not believe that. I do believe it was passed down. I do believe it was one of the generational curses that was passed down that they did not know was passed down in the moment. Now, I've been reading up about this subject because it is something that resonates with me deeply. And as you know, I want to come as prepared as possible. I already have my own issues with concentrating. And the last thing I want to do is wing something when I speak to you. And also, I don't want to give you false information. So when I was doing my research, some of the research that I read has shown that the act of ignoring or excluding activates the same area of the brain that is activated by physical pain. So that's why I say it's like bruising without actual physical uh, bodily harm. This is why I say it inflicts pain without visible bruising because studies show that the same pain that you get after being hit is similar to the same pain that you receive after someone shuts you down. And we live in a go ghost area, right? We live, we're in a go ghosting time. Everybody ghosting and disappearing on you and just stop speaking to you. And then they want to use boundaries as the reason why. Now, do not get me wrong. Do not get me wrong. There are some people you are going to have to give the silent treatment for your sanity. There are some people who do not deserve you. There are some people who do not deserve your verbal you, the verbal you. There are some people who do not deserve the physical you. There are some people who don't deserve you as a whole, right? But then there are other people who we put in the same category anytime we're mad, hurt, or upset. Anytime we're confused. Anytime we're told we're not right. Anytime our ego is challenged. Anytime we want to execute a lesson, there are times that we do not respect people and we give them the silent treatment. Most people believe that the silent treatment is the high road. I'm not going to say anything. It's best not to say nothing. Or mama said, if you ain't got nothing nice to say, don't say nothing at all. And a lot of the cliches and old adages we grew up with are causing us pain in our current relationships. And that's something I believe we need to evaluate. And not saying something at all is not always the productive constructive way to handle things. We have to learn how to communicate and articulate our words and our needs. And on this show, this is something I speak to you guys about often because this is something that I'm working on myself with often. This is something that has been a struggle for me in the past to communicate without yelling, screaming, or putting my hand to someone or shutting down. To not always have the fight or flight mentality is something that I work on constantly. And it may be something that I work on till the day I die. Has it gotten better? Absolutely. Is it still there? Absolutely. Do I still have the urge to lash out initially? Absolutely. Do I always lash out initially at first now? No, I do not. That is no longer my control or delete default setting. That is not my motherboard setting. And I'm proud to say that. And speaking to Denisio Shoots, and you'll hear it on the upcoming episode, when he talks about it, it hurts me to hear that that is something I did, but it also brings me joy to know that's not something that I currently do. And it also brings me joy to know that he was, even though he wasn't as emotionally clear as he is now and speaking his needs, he was able to speak it then. And he told me not to ever treat him like that again, not to ever do anything like that to him again. And I was so proud of him because that's not the type of person he was to articulate his needs. And you'll hear his story about that um, as well on an upcoming episode. And he, he did it that day. He was so hurt. He was so hurt because he was triggered. He too experienced the silent treatment in his childhood home. And he was so triggered and brought back to little Dennis receiving the silent treatment. He didn't know that then. He knows that now. But he was able to say, just don't do that to me. There's nothing I did to you that deserves for you to remove yourself from me verbally, to walk past me as if I'm not here, to ghost me as if I violated you in such a way where I am not worthy of your presence. I was blown away. And this is why I'm talking to you about this today. So many of us use the silent treatment, especially with our children. And what we don't realize is the silent treatment on kids is so manipulative. And, 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 oh God, it is so manipulative. It's like a twisted warp way of like regaining authority over someone, making the person who's in trouble or the victim, so to speak, feel powerless, intimidated and guilty and insignificant. And that's not cool. It's, it's an abusive way 
to be controlling. And we don't think it's abusive because we're not actually putting our hands on people. There are some times that, like I said, that the silent treatment is necessary, but I think that has to be used in a special space with a, a specialized person. There, there are times where silence is necessary. Being still is necessary. Processing is necessary. Not adding fuel to the fire is necessary. There are times for that. Yes, there are specific times where that modality should be used and should be intentionally used with safety around it. Okay. Not used as a weapon. There are times that you will need to shut it up, but it's how you shut it up and how you recover from the shut up and what you do during the shut up that matters. And I just wanted to ask how many of you are giving the silent treatment to someone right now. And how many of you are giving the silent treatment to yourselves? How many of you are ignoring the parts of you that are begging to be spoken to? How many of you are ignoring the parts of you that you have been purposely neglecting and icing out and ghosting because you don't want to take the time to do your work because that part of you that you are ghosting, you know, requires your best, your excellence, your magnificence. You don't want to give that. You lazy, you out here being complacent and ignoring parts of you that are screaming at you to pay them some attention. How many of you, drop a me too in the comment, is ignoring and ghosting and giving the silent treatment to parts of yourself? Understand that the silent treatment often comes along when one person feels pressure from another, be it with a request, a criticism, a complaint, a response that we don't initially want or agree with. That is normally when the silent treatment comes into play. And as I said, a lot of us use the excuse of, you know, when I don't have nothing nice to say, I'm not going to say nothing at all. For me, that is a crutch to be limited in your communication. To me, that is a crutch to constantly not use your words. To me, that's a crutch to not use your, use your brain. To me, that's a crutch not to grow up. It, it just is. It just is. We already said that there are times to be silent, but that is not a universal statement that you should use for everybody in your life in every situation. Like it's at the point where if you can't communicate, why are you even with human beings? Why are you with somebody? Why are you trying to get into a relationship when you want to get married and have children? Which also research says that the silent treatment is most common used in conflict with partners, married and domestic partners. It's established easily in those settings because most people... Most people are not around people as much as they are when you start to cohabitate, right? So you can't really give the silent treatment to too many of your coworkers. Though you do it, you still have to work with Bob, Susie, Jim, Tyrone, or whomever on a project. At home, you have more control. You don't have a boss telling you you have to go work with Susie and you have to be on the team with her. You know, at home, that's an unspoken rule that you get to do what you want to do. And it causes many conflicts in your marriage because you choose to do the do of the silent treatment instead of being forced to with an authoritative boss to make you work with your husband, wife, or child. And most people don't understand, like my parents, it was a learned behavior for me because though it hurt me, I then learned it. I carried on the toxicity. I put it on my back, okay? It seeped into my DNA. Again, it's a part of the fabric of my being. Not the only, but it's a part. And what I did was carry that into my marriage, and it took for my husband to look me in the face and say, not here, not now, not ever, and not with me. You are not going to treat me like I am a stranger on the street. You are not going to treat me like a villain. You are not going to disrespect me. Now, if you need a moment, cool, but speak to me and let me know that I'm going to need time to process. Don't just literally shut me down. And when I say shut down, guys, I shut down. Oh, we beefing? Whatever. I'm walk away. I'm over this shit. You lucky I didn't flip a fucking table and I'm out and I'll speak to you when I'm ready. He was dumbfounded that a whole 24 hour, 24 hours had passed. And not only did I not speak to him in the house, we're not texting during the day. I'm not talking to him. And it didn't even dawn on me that it was an issue. This is just a practice that was given to me. Again, an agreement. This is something that I grew up with. This is something that I knew. This is how I thought I needed to communicate. I, it didn't even dawn on me to actually say that, hey, I need some space. I'm just going to take it and not care about how he feels about how I take it. And this is what I mean about there's a difference between boundaries and walls. Many of us are masking our boundaries and they are really walls. There is a difference. Walls keep people out. 
Boundaries give people the path on how to get in correctly. Do you understand what I'm saying? Boundaries direct people on how to get in correctly and be able to stay once they get inside. Walls just block people all around, out. Walls are like a moat with a dragon. Y'all on this Game of Thrones, ain't there dragons in there? Moat is like your big favorite dragon uh, blowing smoke and fire around the, the moat and won't let nobody get in. It's a moat, it's a dragon, and it's a drawbridge, and it's a wall. Those are walls. Boundaries are different. Boundaries will tell you how to slay the dragon, okay? Boundaries will tell you how to cross the moat, and boundaries will tell you how to get on the other side of the drawbridge and get across the wall and stay there and have a good time while you're there if you want to respect the directions. That's what boundaries do. I didn't have a boundary. I had a wall, and I thought it was a boundary, and it dawns on me how hurt I used to be when I got it from my mom. It dawns on me how hurt I used to be when I saw her and her family doing it to each other, but yet I carried it on, and it hurt me to know that something that hurt me is something that I used to hurt somebody else. That is why I'm talking to you about the silent treatment today, beautiful souls, because we have to be careful. We have to be very, very cautious about the things we claim we didn't like, don't like, hurt us, broke us, shattered us, that we then in turn internalize and do to other people. Silence is defined as the complete absence of sound. When people are used to your sound, your laugh, your your talk, your cadence, the inflections of your voice, the tone that you give, in addition to everything that comes along with your vocal presence. When that is removed from them and they enjoy it, that is punishment. That is punishment to not hear good morning. That is punishment to not hear I love you. That is punishment to not say, babe, did you eat today? What you want to eat? What's for dinner? That is punishment for them not to hear you jovial and happy. That is punishment for them to not hear you yell at the baby for not going to bed. That's punishment for them not to hear you moan and groan during your sexy, intimate time. That is punishment to those who enjoy the sound of your voice. The absence of the sound of your voice is punishment to those who enjoy the sound of of your voice. And I never, ever looked at it that way until my husband told me that he enjoyed and missed me speaking to him. Mind you, I'm standing next to him. I could be sitting next to him, but it did not matter because I was punishing him with my vocal cords. And this might not make sense to anybody. I could be rambling to who knows who, but this is making sense to somebody. And if it reaches one person, if it makes one person assess how they treat people when they're not agreed with, when they're mad, when they're angry, when they're sad, when they are hurting. Some of us are struggling with pains we can't even articulate. And I understand that. And no one's asking you on this show to speak when or speak about things that you can yet You can't even articulate yet. No, no one's asking you to do that. What I'm asking you to do is understand that there is something about blatantly ignoring someone. It's not only rude, it's immature, it's inconsiderate, it's cruel, and it's petty. And again, it's downright emotionally and physically abusive. Abuse is not just physical. It is emotional and a physical abuse. You know why? It's two for me, because actually three, mental, emotional, and physically. Because physically people feel pain as well as emotional and mentally. I have actually had my heart hurt. Can can anybody relate? Can I get another me too in the comments? Can anybody relate when their heart actually has hurt them? When their heart was broken, where it felt like your chest was going to cave in. That is what the silent treatment does for many people. Just because you're not using your hands, does that mean you can't irreparably hurt someone? Ignoring someone is also not a strategy. It's just a flat out disregard for someone's feelings. And I didn't realize that I was disregarding someone's feelings because again, I was masking my boundary as a wall. I'm just thinking I'm better off quiet for I hurt this person with my words, not realizing that that's just me giving myself an excuse not to be able to articulate my my words without being a verbal assassin and hurting someone anyway. Again, finding out that something that hurt me, I used to then in turn hurt someone else, hurt me again. It hurt me again to realize that I was the reason that someone was hurting because I used a weapon that was used to hurt me, child. 
There are some of us who take the silent treatment to extreme. And let me say this. I don't care what extreme it is. No one should ever be treated this way or feel like they have to put up with this kind of behavior with someone else. It's not okay. It's just really not okay, beautiful souls. And it wasn't okay when I did it. It's not okay when I attempt to do it now. And it won't be okay if I attempt to do it going forward. Communication is key. And we are allowed to take a moment. We're allowed to take several moments if we need to, but we have to articulate that. We have to be okay with speaking our needs even when we can't verbalize them. I could have emailed him. I could have sent him a letter. I could have wrote him a letter. But instead, I try to sit here in the same house cohabitating with my husband. And I try to ignore him. And what's funny is, not even funny, what's sad is if he didn't say anything, I'm not sure if this behavior would have ever ceased. Now, mind you, this was years ago. And again, the reason I'm discussing this is because we recorded something and he brought it up and it was something I just was compelled to share with you guys. And I just want you to know you're going into the spring, we're in the spring and going into the summer seasons when you're allegedly going to be around more people than usual than you would be in the winter months. For those of you who hibernate in the winter like I do and you come out in the spring and summer, you're going to make more connections. You're going to reconnect and make new connections. And it's important to know that you won't always be agreed with. You won't always like what's said. You won't always like what's done. And if you feel the need to retreat, I'm going to respect that, but I'm going to ask you to retreat with dignity. If so, I'm going to ask you to ghost with dignity. If that's what you're doing, I'm going to ask you to really assess what you're doing with the silent treatment. I really want you to understand that sometimes the silent treatment, people are just blaming uh, their problems on other people. I want you to understand that the silent treatment is the easy way out. It's easy to disregard someone, disrespect them. I want you to know it's an easy way to hurt someone. Some people do it just to hurt you. There are people who don't know any better. And then there are people who do know that that is a weapon. And you need to be clear on which one you are. You need to take ownership and assess which one you are after assessing own that this is what I am. I am a villain. I am the one doing this on purpose. At this point, I know better, but I'm not doing better. I know Maya Angelou said it and I know people love to quote it, but let's be clear. There are many of us who know better about a lot of things who do not do better. So it's not once you know better, you do better. It's once you know better, then you take action to do better is when you do better. Automatically knowing does not activate the doing automatically knowing does not automatically activate the doing of the doing better. Knowing better does not automatically equate to doing better. And many of us know better about the silent treatment and many things, but we keep doing the worse, not the better. And I want you to be better, but I can't want you to be better more than you want to be better for yourself, right? I wanted to be better for me because I wanted to know why was I okay with transferring pain? Why was I okay with being the carrier of a generational curse? Why was I okay with being a UPS, the FedEx, Ground and Express for generational curses? Why was I okay with that? And why, why, why did it take for someone to bring it to my attention, though I'm grateful that he did, for me to even start assessing it? That question I could leave to the side because you know what? You can go round and round on the why. But that's really not the point. The point is that you know now and what you're going to do with the information. I know now that the silent treatment is a killer and an emotional, physical and mental relationship killer. I know now that being a verbal assassin, which I am and still working on in conjunction with being someone who gives a silent treatment is no bueno. I really thought that me being silent was better than being a verbal assassin. How about I'm neither one and I'm just a communicator? How about I'm neither one, I'm not a verbal assassin, and I'm not a silent killer, and I'm just a communicator? How about I level up and start speaking my needs? And if I can't speak them, I'll write them. And if I can't write them, I'll sing them. If I can't sing them, I'll play a song that speaks for me. You know, there are several ways to communicate when you can't. When you can't, one of my clients told me this recently. She said, you really helped me articulate myself because you told me there's a song for everything. And you told me that when I can't speak to find a song, a poem, something to speak for me. I do believe that I really, every time I have a feeling, there is a song, whether it's old or new, that I can go to that articulates my needs. There's a poem I can Google. There is something, a letter, something, a TV show that speaks my needs. I was watching Blackish the other day. And it spoke to something that I was thinking that I want to talk about. There is always some piece of art that is created that has spoken your needs or that can speak your needs because your needs are not just yours. 
There is nothing we go through, beautiful souls, that someone else didn't go through. There's not someone who hasn't been on the receiving end of the silent treatment. And there's not someone who hasn't given the silent treatment before. So it, wh wh whatever position you're in, there's somebody who has articulated what your feelings are and your needs are for that moment. If you can't speak, let the person know that you're going to need some time and you're going to speak in a, a way that you can when you're ready. With that said, a lot of times... I would give the silent treatment in the past because people wouldn't give me my space to breathe. As someone who actively works on her anger issues and her pop-off and all of the agreements she was taught about how to deal, I'm aware that even with all of that taken away, even at my most healed self, I still need to process. I'm a processor. And there are times where I just can't get into it right away. Not only because I'll become a verbal assassin, but because I need time to think. When I'm still, when I'm in my breath, Okay, when the breath is all that I hear, I'm able to find a solution. When I clear all of the white noise out of my head, that's when I hear God's voice. So sometimes it's not about me going to, you know, go off. It's about me trying to find my center. And some people don't respect that. Some people push and push and push and push and push and push and push, 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 and don't let you take a minute to process, to assess. And that's when you go off or you ghost. Right. So with that said, if you're on the receiving end of the silent treatment, I am not saying it's your fault. You don't deserve to be emotionally manipulated in that way. What I am saying is if someone asks you for a minute and their minute might not be a minute, it might be a day or two a week. They may be hurt as well for whatever reason, whatever the scenario was, the situation is or was. They might need some space from you or the situation. You have to respect that. How they did it might not be right, but if they told you they need a minute, they told you they cannot have this conversation anymore, they stated their boundaries, whether it was calm, cool or collected, or hot and heated in the moment, respect their boundaries. I know I would give the silent treatment automatically to people that I knew wouldn't respect my boundaries, that I had I had receipts on if I told them I need a second, don't call me, let's not see each other for a while, I don't want to talk to you, they would push past that anyway. And so I would then go into deep, silent retreat mode. There are layers to this. There's no right or wrong answer here. This is just me speaking my needs to those who are involved with me and who hear the sound of my voice, who watch my videos, who are engaged with me in every way. We can no longer emotionally manipulate, emotionally abuse, emotionally disrespect and dishonor people and want to be honored. We just can't. We just can't. Someone's relationship with their child, their mother, their father, their spouse, their boyfriend, their girlfriend, their coworker themselves is suffering right now because they believe that the silent treatment is the best way to handle things. Again, there are times when the silent treatment is necessary, but it has to be handled with care and with professionals. If you are not a professional, if you're not a therapist, if you're not a life coach, if you haven't gotten advice on how to execute the silent treatment, if you haven't been solution driven ever in your life in this area, you are not an expert on how to deal with the silent treatment. Okay, how to go about being silent without being disrespectful. You can Google it. You can ask some questions. Sure. But as a life coach, this is something that I've been working on with myself for years. This incident with Denisio was like a decade ago for years. And this is something I'm constantly working on, but I'm grateful that talking to him reminded me that my work was not in vain, that I actually did know better after he told me and I took action to do better. I believe that you can take action to do better on the silent treatment too. Time to shift the energy. We went deep. Let's close this out with some fun. It's now time for Adult Eyes. And for everyone who is new here or needs a refresher, Adult Eyes is the segment where we talk about a song, a movie, a TV show, anything from our youth or past that we now see, hear, or witness, or feel with Adult Eyes. 
eyes. So today's adult eyes is a Negro classic. It is. It's a colored person's classic and not this color person, but y'all, I don't like it, but y'all do. It was the year 2000. The group is named Jagged Edge and the song is titled Let's Get Married. Oh my God. I hate this song. I hate this group. And now with my adult eyes, this song irks me more than it has ever irked me before. Yes, I said I don't like Jagged Edge. Are are y'all shooting me? You're throwing darts at me? I just feel like Jagged Edge has always been the bootleg 112, like the older uncle versions of 112. And I just was never here for it. I just didn't like their visual. I didn't like the aesthetic. I just was not here for them. Now, I know a lot of you are like, girl, sit down. Like I said, it's they need the song, the group. They are Negro classics. They are upheld, you know, at the barbecue. I still am at the barbecue, but I'm not dancing to this song or pretty much anything Jagged Edge related. I might be in the um, minority here, but I'm cool with that. You know why? Because I don't care if you like what I like, because I know what I like and I'm good enough for what I like. You understand what I'm saying? You understand? You're on the dig? Okay. So I wasn't a fan. However, I will say that Jagged Edge did have a song that I liked and it's called He Can't Love You. I think it was well written. I think it was beautifully sung and well executed. And that is it. He can't love you like I love you, baby, you know it's true. And you should never want to be with a man if he can understand. I like that song. That's it. Um, And the rest is a no for me, dog. You know, the rest of Jagged Edge is a no for me, dog. But Let's Get Married is a Negro cult classic. Color people love them. Some Meet Me at the Altar in your white dress. And with these adult eyes, I just want to break this song down really quickly because, God, I'm going to take a deep breath here. I'm just going to break down the chorus. Okay. I'm going to break down the chorus and you tell me what you think with your adult eyes. As we know, it's meet me at the altar in your white dress. Here's where I start to get really annoyed. We ain't getting no younger. We might as well do it. Here's the thing about that line, sir, sir, excuse me, sir. Let me tap the mic. Excuse me, sir, sir. Don't you ever, ever propose or tell a woman that you want to get married because you getting older and you might as well. I might as well. I might as well. What do you mean? I might as well. That's not how we ask a woman to meet us at the altar. I mean, I ain't getting no younger. So I might as well take you, take you down that altar you've been dying to go down. You know what that sound like to me? That sound like, listen, I've been a player. I'm the old Negro in the club. These young chicks ain't looking for me no more. I got back spasms. I got a little pooch in my belly. I got a little foo pa. I might need some Viagra. My dick don't get up the way it used to. Um, I done baby mama you out. You know, you was loyal wild and cheated. And I done had side chicks. Um, my pension about to kick in. Um, you know, I'm just a little, oh, I need a little bengay in my shoulder. I'm worn out now. I'm worn out now. You can finally have have me. Damn, Gina, will you marry me? Damn, Gina, are you happy now? No, Negro. When you tell a woman we ain't getting no younger, we might as well do it. We might as well do it. That's what I hear. I'm old and worn out. My player card it is revoked. I'm the old Negro around everywhere. I'm uncle at the barbecue. I'm old unk now. I'm, I, I'm, these little kids are looking at me like I'm part of the OJs. I'm not the cool cat anymore that I thought I was. I finally realized that my hairline is receding. Okay. I finally realized that my back hurt anytime I try to thrust and pump. And since you already know what this dick do, you'd be good with it. But I can't get no new chick that because she going to call me whack and they all going to be talking about me on this social media. You know what I mean? I realize now that if I start up in a chick DM, I'm inappropriate. So I might as well give you what you've been wanting. That's what I hear when I hear the sentence. You tell me if I'm wrong. If when you hear me, me at the altar in your white dress, we ain't getting no younger. We might as well, might as well do it. That's not what you hear. He said, been feeling all what he said, been feeling all the while, girl, I must confess. Girl, let's just get married. Baby girl, let's just get married. So been feeling all the while, girl. So I've been feeling like marrying you all this time. But like I said, I was too busy being a thirst bucket in a mess in these streets. 
I was too busy just giving it all away, being community penis. Even though I was doing that, I knew all the time, girl, I've been feeling all the while, girl. I must confess that it, it should have been you. So you was right all this time. So all this BS I was doing, you know, I really, really want to tell you that you was right. What kind of woman want to get married to that? How is that a proposal? I don't care if the ring was 20 carats. You could keep that. I, I'm just not here for it. Let me see what else he say that get on my nerves here. I'm ready to commit to you. And I just can't wait for that night because I need you here with me. And let's start a family. No, I don't want to start a family with you, old man. I don't. If I don't already have kids by your bum ass, I don't want to start a family with you. I don't want I don't want to start a family with someone who says I might as well do it. I just don't want to. I don't like this song. I don't like it at all. And every time y'all sing it, every wedding I'm at, every time I see a post and they be like, on God, on God, no cap. That's going to be played at my wedding. Why? Why? Let's even go back to the beginning. See, first of all, I know these so-called players wouldn't tell you this, but I'm going to be real and say what's on my heart. Let's take this chance and make this love feel relevant. Didn't you know I loved you from the start? Yeah. Do you think about? No, I don't think about nothing. I don't think about nothing. Let's take a chance and make this love feel relevant. <sighs> it, it would feel relevant if you didn't tell me you might as well do it because you owe. It would feel relevant if you didn't tell me that even though I've been saying it, I was right all along. It would feel relevant. When you think about all of the years we put in this relationship, who knew we'd make it this far? She knew that's why she stayed. She knew that's why she stayed when you think about all of the years you put in this relationship. Negro, this is why I don't like the song because this song is universal for dudes who think they're romantic, but they are not. I said what I said. You think you're being romantic by telling me after all these years, I stood by like a dick, like boo-boo the fool waiting on you to get it together and you used up and old. Your knee hurt and it pop every time you get off the couch and walk. I can't eat. I can't go nowhere because now you lactose intolerant. So anywhere I go where there's milk, cheese or eggs, we can't even go nowhere to eat no more. Now you don't like seafood because now you got allergies. And then all of a sudden we got to go to the doctor every now and again because now you need this and that and a third and you telling me that after all these years, every time I hear after all these years, that's what I hear. That's what I hear. When you was in your prime, when I was here at the beginning, even in the middle, when I wanted to marry you, you was out here playing around. Talking about, I know these so-called players ain't going to tell you this. You didn't think you was a player? That's why you had me waiting for all these years you talking about in this song? Negro, what I'm going to need you to do is meet yourself at the altar. Because I can't. When I think about where would I be if we were to just fall apart and I can't stand the thought of leaving you. Listen, <laughs> listen, listen. For me, this song speaks into the narrative that a woman has to suffer in order for her to get her knight in shining armor, a.k.a. her Prince Charming. I don't like it. I didn't like it from day one in 2000. And this before I even saw it with adult eyes. It just wasn't sitting well with me. It wasn't It wasn't registering in my shondo. My chakras never aligned when this song played. My juice, my juice box never got juicy when I heard this song from day one in 2000. When I was a young whippersnapper, I was like, but what is he talking about? Why is nobody, why is everybody dancing and happy that this man is saying I done made you wait and possibly did you dirty but now that you're still here you might as well be my bae I, I just I just I say I just don't like it so that's enough of my ranting you tell me if I'm going crazy beautiful souls or if you love this song tell me if I'm reaching or I'm extra if you love it even though I don't like it if you love it even though I hate it if you think I'm taking it too far tell me how you feel about let's get married tell me how you feel what your adult eyes see what your adult is here with jagged edge asking a woman to meet her at the altar because they might as well do it because they ain't getting no younger. This concludes this week's Adult Eyes. Hey, you, Matt. 
magnificent mattering being. Thank you so much for listening to the latest episode of Hashtag ISM Pod. Every time you press play, I am full of gratitude. Thank you for your precious time and thank you for your presence. While you're here, make sure whatever platform you're listening on right now, you subscribe, you comment, you like, and you share. Especially if you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Your subscriptions, your comments, they matter so much. Let's take the I Said No podcast and let's grow this thing out of this world. I'm so appreciative of you. Thank you again for listening to I Said No, the podcast.